Well, praise God. Man, are you glad to be in church? Amen. Amen. Is this a house full of kingdom seekers? Wanting to seek the kingdom of God? Well, get your Bibles out. And if you would, go to uh, Matthew 6.33. So we're going to start again this morning. Uh, you know, today's an easy day because we've got dinner on the grounds. And so I encourage you to stay and fellowship with somebody and eat. So you don't have to go far. You just got to make it to the next building to get something to eat. <clears throat> we do have communion here at the end of service. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, well, then you're welcome to have communion with us. Those of you out watching, get it, get it ready. And we'll be doing that at the end of the, my message here. But anyway, Matthew 6.33, we started here last week, and I just want to review just a little bit before I can move on. But it says, but Jesus is speaking, he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And also the parallel scriptures in Luke 12.31, it says, but seek the kingdom of God and these things shall be added to you. So Jesus told us to seek the kingdom, that we're supposed to be kingdom seekers, right? But you know, most people are not taught this. You're not taught this in church. You're not definitely not taught this in school. You're taught to seek you know, other things, but you're not taught to seek the kingdom of God. Jesus said you have to seek it. Something that I found interesting is when you look up the word seek, what does it mean to seek? This is the definition out of the uh, Greek and Hebrew dictionary. It says to seek, seek means uh, seek in order to find, obviously, to seek a thing, to seek in order to find out by thinking, meditating, reasoning to inquire into it. So it's not just like you looked for it. It's not just like you gazed over there and you just kind of said, oh, is it over there? Yeah, it's over there. No, you sought it out, all right? Another definition says to crave, to demand something from someone. In other words, you, huh, somebody owed you some money and you got him by the shirt collar and you said, you give me the money. You're seeking that. That's the same intensity that the word means. You're saying, I want to walk in the kingdom of God. Now, you see, so many people are taught that once you get saved, once you, you know, make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, well, then that's it until you die. The next encounter is heaven. Right? But that's not what Jesus taught. Jesus taught there was a kingdom of God upon the face of this earth, a kingdom of God that we're supposed to be walking in. That means if there's a new kingdom, if there's a kingdom, you know, a new kingdom in town, well, then that means it has different rules. Hello? Different rules, different laws, different commands, different edicts, different things in the kingdom. First Corinthians uh, 1.13 says you've been translated from the kingdom of darkness over in the kingdom of his dear son. You've been, there's something taking place. You don't just get saved and it's just your security, your fire insurance to get to heaven. No, we're supposed to be living a life on this earth in the kingdom of God. All right. So I went over a lot of other scriptures, but one that jumped out to me, I wanted to share again with you is uh, Matthew eleven twelve. It says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven, heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. So in other words, there's an enemy that does not want you to walk in the kingdom of God or the principles of the kingdom of God. He doesn't want you to walk in it. And he's going to fight against you. He's going to war against you. The kingdom of heaven is going to suffer violence in you because, man, the bottom line is the enemy does not want you walking in the things of God. Because he knows that if you do, you're going to be blessed. That if you walk in faith, you're going to receive from heaven. If you pray, God's going to hear your prayers. He knows this. So 
I'm not telling you something like this morning that how easy this is. No, it's difficult to be a Christian. It's difficult. to. It's easy to be a heathen. Man, it's easy just to say anything you want to say. Unless you say it to somebody that's bigger than you and he, you know, gives you the knuckle sandwich, okay? But it's easy to, listen, it's easy to be discouraged. Hello, just go watch the news. Just watch the news. It's easy to be discouraged. It's easy to sit there in life and think negative. Like I said, you don't ever drive your car down the road and you hear something rattling and think, oh, you know, maybe there's a five-gallon bucket of gold coins hung underneath my truck. <laughs> no, you always think something's going to break. Something's going to come out. My tire's blowing out or, you know, rubber slung off of it or something. You, you, you hear a sound and you immediately think, what's that? Oh, it can't be good. Hello? It's easy to think negative. Christianity is not for wimps. Christianity is not something for, for the faint of heart. To be a Christian and walk in the kingdom of God, you're going to suffer violence. The enemy is going to want to steal it from you. The enemy is going to want to take it from you. Now, you can be that Christian. I guess you can. I don't, I don't want to be standing by you when the, you know, the last day comes, but you can be that Christian. I guess it got your fire insurance and you, you're, you feel like you're saved and you're going to make it to heaven. And so you just, that's just how you're going to, and then just live your life however you want to. But I, I really think you're going to get in trouble. I know you're going to be like Nicodemus knocking on the door of your Christian friend's house at night trying to find out the answer because you don't know what it is. Hello? As far as I'm concerned, there's only one way to live, and that's to live full throttle for Jesus, and that's it. Amen. Now, I want to be honest with you. I, I have sometimes, you know, lived full throttle and didn't even know where I was going. But I was still going forward, bless God. I am still had the pedal to the metal, and I'm still going in that direction, and I'm not going to back up. And then stop and say, oh, okay, well, I, I, I need to go this. Okay, okay. I was in the wrong lane, Lord. I'm sorry. Okay. But that word violence means to use force, to apply force, to force, to inflict violence on. So in other words, it's, it's, it's coming against you. All right? But that's life. Yeah. Living as a Christian. Okay? So, um, so then I, I took a, a, a turn and I showed you what the kingdom of heaven is not. Because if you're going to seek the kingdom of God, you need to know what you're looking for. Right? And so I told you what the kingdom of heaven is not, that Romans 14, 17 says the kingdom of heaven is not in eating and drinking, and, but in righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. I told you uh, Matthew 23, when Jesus rebuked all the Pharisees and Sadducees, look, everything he said y'all are doing, your, your, your robe wearing, your, 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 your force you're putting upon the, 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 the people, all that you're doing, he says, look, you're, you're, making, you're making people twice the child of hell as you are. He said, basically, you're whitewashed sepulchers. In other words, you can't dress up the outside because the kingdom of God has to do something on the inside of you. If it's not doing something on the inside of you, folks, it's worthless. I don't want you to dress up and look good and look pretty and talk right and have all the smiles, but there's wickedness inside your heart. I would rather have you looking like a bum, but had a heart of gold. Hello? Those are the people that are going to get to heaven. That's what people that are going to bust open the, the gates of glory and walk in and everybody's going to shout hallelujah. And not because you've got everything all right on the outside. Jesus said, man, you're whitewashed sepulchers. You're full of dead men's bones. You stink inside. 
We don't want that kind of Christianity. I don't want to just make all the outside look good like I could anyway. But, you know, <laughs> but anywho. So then I talked about Mark 1, 15, that Jesus himself said, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The kingdom of God upon coming upon earth and affecting people. It's now. It's not coming. Listen to me. Quit looking for a revival to come. Hear what I'm saying? Quit looking for a major move of God. Oh, we're waiting for the, we're still here waiting for the major move of God. No, listen to me. The move of God's already here. It was on earth 2000 years ago when Jesus came out of the grave. He made a way for all of us. He opened the door. He made heaven available. He threw open the veil. He came out of the grave and everything is yours. The kingdom of God is yours. It's available to you if you want to walk in it. You can't wait. You don't need to wait on anything. You don't need to wait on the next great move. Hello? Look at the person and say, you ain't got to wait. Okay. So then Jesus said in Luke 17, 20, now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, they answered and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor do you say, see here, see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. So everybody was just like we are today. Folks, listen to me. Do you realize that if Jesus was here in bodily form, you probably wouldn't be able to have gotten a seat in church. Hello? If he was holding a, 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 you know, a camp meeting somewhere, everybody would be there. You'd never get in. You'd never say. And so we always want everything that we can see and we can touch. But Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is not going to come as an observation. I'm not going to set up my throne yet. The day of the millennial reign's coming, but it's not now. I'm not setting up the, the government of heaven yet. But it's here. It's not without what you can see or you can touch. In other words, it's not of this physical realm. Hear what I'm saying? It's not of this physical realm. But yet he said, oh, by the way, whatever you ask the father in my name, he'll do it. So wait a minute. So that's that's having an effect of the kingdom of heaven upon earth. Started on earth, went to heaven and came back from heaven down. In other words, it's available. It's open. Nobody's shut out, all right? It's within you. Everybody say, it's in me. <laughs> then Jesus got in and talked about, he's trying to explain to people what the kingdom of heaven is like. What does this kingdom look like? Like, like right now this morning, uh, I was gone all week and didn't have any cell service. Glory to God, it was glorious. <laughs> but then I came back and started looking, running through a few news feeds and, and, and different feeds from, from sources I have and and just started looking at all the, the situation. You know, the Russians are going for the Ukrainians. The, the, the Chinese are headed to, you know, the Taiwanese. The Iranians are over here trying to uh, obliterate uh, Israel, you know. And so you got all these, these, these frac factions set up, these governments set up, moving around to do that. Okay, you can see the, the kingdom of what the kingdom of Russia is doing. You can see what the kingdom of China is doing. You can see what the kingdom... Uh, well, not necessarily they hide it pretty good, but the kingdom of Iran is doing, okay? Y'all following me? It's physical. You can see it. But what's the kingdom of heaven doing? Is God just sitting up in heaven twiddling his thumbs and just sitting up there saying, boy, it's a mess. I don't know what we're going to do. Jesus. And so people say God's not doing anything. But what I'm telling you is it's the reason why they don't see God doing anything. They're looking at it for this physical kingdom. 
When I'm telling you, there's more people getting saved over the face of the earth right now than there has been before. Okay, there's more miracles and signs and wonders taking place in the world. It's just not taking place in certain places, but it's taking place in a lot of places. Okay, so Jesus is trying to tell the, the, the people of that day what the kingdom of heaven is like. And he says, well, let me tell you, I'm going to start Matthew 13, 44. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid and over joy over it. He goes and sells all that he has and he buys the field. Verse 45, he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking a beautiful pearl. And when he had found the one pearl of great price, he went and sold all that he had and he bought it. So in other words, he's saying, look, the kingdom of heaven is something that here again is that word seek. These people found something that was so special, so such a treasure to them that they got rid of everything else for the one thing. And my question to you today is, have you gotten rid of everything else for the one thing being Jesus? Do you know, folks, listen to me, myself included. I'm not I'm not pointing the fingers at anybody. I'm, I'm, I got the message first. It means God spoke it to me and said, Robert, you need to change this. And by the way, tell everybody else, too. But I mean, if you start calculating up the amount of time that you spend in worry or fretting, or let's just say, well, I don't worry. I just get a little anxious. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. Your, your itinerary, your, the workings of how things are going to line up, and then it doesn't line up. And it causes you to be anxious. The amount of time, if you just add that time up, I would almost guarantee you it's more time than you spend praying. Or walking in faith. Let's just put it that way. Because we as humans, we, we're, we're, you know, we've been living under the curse, under the curse of the Adamic curse. It's fallen man forever. And we, we, we tend to go into that. And that's the way we look at things. We tend to expect the worst. We tend to look at the negative. We, you know, it's always the glass half empty kind of scenario. That's most humans. Things are not going to be, get better. Things are going to get worse. Hello? And Jesus says, well, listen, you can understand the very first thing is about the kingdom of heaven is that it's something that you fell so in love with. You got so excited about you were willing to give up everything else that includes worry to have faith in me. Just to have faith in me. It became a treasure to you. It's more important than anything in this world It's more important than the world knowing you were right. Because, see, most of us just want to be known as we were right. We just want to be justified. We want everybody else, you don't really want them to, you know, like a lightning bolt to smoke them, but, you know, small shock would be, make you feel good that you were right and they were wrong. And so that comes on, consumes us. But Jesus said, no, the kingdom of heaven is not like that. The kingdom of heaven is something you so desired. You sold out everything else and nothing else was important to you. That's a, that's a dedicated Christian. I told y'all about this and I was talking to Brother Ivan about the, the, the work we're going to start doing in Kenya after the first of the year. And we were talking about feeding the children and we were thinking a dollar a day would, would do the meal. And then we found out that we can do it for a, a 25 cents. And so then I got to thinking about 25 cents, putting in the mouth, putting food in the mouth of a child that's going to go hungry. And I thought 25 cents. And I got to think about how many quarters I've got around and 
And I don't know, I, I don't like to carry change in my pockets. And, and it, it bothers me. So if I ever get change, I either throw it in the, the, the little tray in my truck or I take it in the house and put it in a bowl. And there's change everywhere. And I, then I got to look into those quarters and I got to looking at, you know, two dimes and a nickel. And got to thinking, my gosh, that, that right there puts the feet. Wow. How would, you, how would you like to know that you weren't going to be hungry in a day? And all it took was a quarter that I'm casting aside. I mean, I got convicted. I got convicted of just like counting that change as nothing when actually it's life for a child. Well, I think people count the kingdom of God as nothing because they're too busy doing it their own ways and in their own strength and in their own might. And they're just glad they're not going to go to hell in the end, but they're not really thinking about the kingdom of God all the time, every day, because it's not their treasure. Whew. Folks, I'm listening to you. Listen to me. If, if, if you watch the news and then you get all caught up and you and, and, and are biting your fingernails and thinking, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? You know, how's this going to work? You know, is this, you know the inflation's going up and what is going to happen to my my, you know, my 401k and what's going to happen to this and what's going to happen there? And I believe we should be good money managers. But if that's what's consuming you all day long, you have missed the treasure in life of Jesus Christ. Because the last time I checked, it says all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. So if all authority has been given to Jesus in heaven and earth and I'm with him and I'm in the kingdom with him and I'm operating by his kingdom principles, well, then I don't really have anything to worry about. The next thing we saw was Matthew 20, verse one, that the kingdom of heaven is available to everyone. There's nobody there's nobody held out. Everybody can walk in the kingdom. If you want to walk in the kingdom, you just got to find the treasure. Hello. Okay. so. Then we talked about. Mark 3.24, that a divided kingdom cannot stand. That if a kingdom is divided, it will not stand, is what Jesus said. You cannot be divided, and I believe too many Christians are divided. They have one foot in the world, operating by the world's way, and one foot in the, uh, supposedly the kingdom of heaven, trying to operate in the kingdom's way. And those two kingdoms, you, you, you're always going to be divided. A marriage will not work if the, family, if the, 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 the husband and wife are divided. It ain't going to work. It is not going to work. Nothing is going to work if it's divided. That's why Jesus said, if you can find two or three and get an agreement, woo, move the world. <clears throat> but a divided kingdom will not stand. And so the first step I told you to entering into the kingdom of God, the very first step is, is you have to come to the place that you believe that the word of God is true. And they say, well, I understand that. But listen, you got to go deeper than that. You got to get out of evolution and get into the creation of God that he spoke over the word. He said, well, I don't know how that works. I don't know. I don't try to figure it out. I just read it and believe it. Amen. And see, and I've had people tell me, he said, well, that's just because you're simple minded. You know, you're just a little country boy. You don't know anything. And I say, praise God. Amen. It's the greatest blessing of my life. I am not going to have to go deal with all this topics of this stuff and this. I just read it. And he says, huh, iron swam. They stuck a stick in the water and iron swam. And scientists will say, oh, there's no way that could have taken place because this would have taken I don't know. It said it swam. I believe it swam. I believe it got its little old, little old edge of the axe head and it just swam. <laughs> or maybe it did this way. <laughs> but that sucker swam. He said, well, you don't know the word. I don't know. It sunk, came up, got to shore, swam. 
The Red Sea parted. Okay, the blind eyes opened. The lame walked. They're not going to take it from me. I read it. It's right here. It's in the Gospels. He said it. I believe it. It's true. Do I, not, do I understand how to work and command that to all happen now? No, I don't, but I'm going to get there because I want to understand every day more of the principles of the kingdom of God because if it's in here and it was for somebody else, it's for me too, and I want to walk in it. Amen. Philip gets translated. How does that work? I want that. I don't want to have to drive anymore. I don't want to have to fly anymore. I just want to say, okay, Lord, I'm ready. I got my clothes packed. Phew! Show up. Ding! Hey, Robert, how you doing? Oh, I'm, glory to God. When's the next departure time, Lord? Be back at four, okay. He said, oh, Bob, you're just being silly. It happened. It happened. It's in my Bible. And you can't be torn. You can't be trying to figure out, did we come from a monkey or did God create us? So, Luke 15 Verse 11 is the story of the, of the prodigal son. You say, oh, I know that. But let's just look at it for just a second. The story of the prodigal son is a, is a story where if you've never read it before, please just go to Luke, Luke 15 and 11 through 32 and read it. But let me just go over it. Let me just tell you because I don't want to take time. There was two sons, right? The two sons, one left, took all of his inheritance, and he went out and it said he wasted it on prodigal living. He went out into the world and he wasted everything he had trying to find satisfaction in the world, trying to work it by the kingdom of the world system. And it brought him to the place where he was wanting to eat pig food. Now, to a Jewish boy, that's bad. Okay? So he's, all, he's at that place. But then it says he came to himself. And what my prayer is for everybody is that we would come to ourselves and say, wait a minute, what, I'm, what am I doing? Worry is not of the kingdom. Why am I walking in worry? Stop and pray. That you'd wake up and we'd all come to our senses and all the things we're doing in our lives that are not kingdom-based. Because, folks, I'm telling you, we all are. Don't sit there and look at me all piously and say, hey, I'm no, I don't know what your problem is, Pastor, but, you know. No, yours is... <laughs> Never mind. So, <clears throat> so what I'm saying is we're walking in things that are not of the kingdom. Well, it, this, this boy came to himself. He said, he came to himself. He's like, what am I doing? Even the servants in my father's house, they eat better than I'm eating. And I'm just going to go to my father. I'm just going to repent. And I'm just going to say, Father, forgive me. I messed up. Help me, Jesus. Amen. Right? So. What happens? He takes off to the father's house. The father was sitting out on the porch. He looks down the road and he sees the kid. And he gets off the porch and he runs to him. He didn't come up there with the attitude of, oh, there comes that little rat. How <laughs> when's he going to learn his lesson? He, you know, right? He ran to him and he grabbed him and he hugged him and the kid's trying to repent. The kid's trying to come up with the, 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 the deal, you know, and get back in grace of the father. He's got his speech all. He's got his spiel all made, and he can't get it out. The father's hugging him, kissing him. He says, Father, I've sinned against heaven and earth. He said, hey, guys, go get, the, go get him a robe for him and get some new sandals for his feet and get the, the ring and go out there and kill the fatted calf. Right? My point is to you in this story is that 
when this kid repented and he came to himself, then all the authority, the, the, the blessings of the kingdom came back to him. Yes, right? The elder brother, he comes up, he hears, what's going on? He said, oh, they're singing and dancing. He said, oh, sorry, no good brother. Yours got to come home. And he says, that's about right. So he goes to the father, what's the deal, man? You didn't give me, you never even gave me no goat to barbecue with my friends. You killed the fatted calf over there for that scoundrel. And he said, man, what are you talking about? He says, you were always with me. You were always here, but you didn't receive anything from the kingdom because you didn't enter in. I paraphrase that, but that's what he said. So here's the elder brother serving God out of bitterness, serving God out of, you know, regret, serving God that he didn't get it. So he wasn't in walking in the kingdom. Neither was the younger son who was out in the world seeking it the world's way. Neither one of them were walking in kingdom principles. And the father was trying to get them to see, man, look, I'll give it all to you. I'll bless you like you ain't never been blessed. I'll do things for you like you've never seen. I'll move in your life. But you've got to be sold out 100% to me. No other way. There's no other way. It's Jesus or nothing. Hello? So just do a little mental evaluation while I'm going to give you the next point, and then we're going to be faith, we're going to have you having communion here. So when you come to the communion table this morning, at, you know, give yourself a score. Where are you? Are you the elder brother? Are you the younger brother? Are you doing all you can to walk in the kingdom principles? You really 100% sold out. But I don't know about y'all, but I want to come to my senses. My whole life, I don't, I don't know why, but my whole life, I've always wanted things to work right. Right? Who doesn't? But I always wanted things to work right. And I would get so angry when they didn't. And I don't know that if it's just that I've gotten older and I just don't have the emotional energy to spend getting angry. Like I used to. But now I've just kind of like. Whatever. Okay, Lord, we now need some help with this one. This ain't going the right direction, you know. And it's taken me a long time. See, I'm trying to get into the scripture. It says that, the, you know, the, the glory of young men is their strength and the glory of old men is their gray hair. And the only way I can even justify that, because I would rather have the strength than the gray hair, is that maybe I have some wisdom to go with the gray hair keeps me out of trouble. Okay? But that doesn't mean just because you got gray hair, you got wisdom. You could just be old and cranky. Look at the person beside you and say, not you. So that brings me to the second point here. The second point of this about how to walk in the kingdom. The first point is simply this. You've got to be sold out. There is no, there is no foot in, foot out. You've got to be sold out. The second point is there. Go to Matthew 13, 31. Matthew 13, 31. <clears throat> it says, another parable he put forth to them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and he sowed in his field, which indeed is least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, 
it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Mustard seed's really, really, really small. And he's saying the kingdom of heaven is like, so he's comparing this again, what it's like. The first thing he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure you found. Now he's saying it's like a mustard seed. In other words, it started out small, but then with the proper nourishment, it grew up and got big, and then it produced limbs that birds could come and sit on and find shade, bugs, whatever, and be blessed, right? So the second point is this, the kingdom of heaven is always growing in you. You don't just enter the kingdom and then you're there. No, no, it's gotta always be growing in you. Are you a stronger Christian today than you were the day you got saved? Are you smarter? Are you wiser? Are you understanding to operate in the things of faith than you did when you first got saved? Well, then the kingdom of heaven is growing in you. But if the kingdom of heaven is not growing in you, you become stale and stagnant. And then you begin to look at everything negatively. I'm trying. You know how many churches there are that if they would just quit fighting and amongst themselves that they could really go do something for Jesus. But everybody's wanting blue carpet and the other one wanted red carpet and the other one wanted brown chairs and the other one wanted red chairs. And everybody's arguing about all these things that don't really make a hill of beans about nothing. Right? It's just about comfort and like. About personal preference. But yet we get off in these areas of life and we stop growing because every time you get into contention, you're going to stop growing because you're not operating in the kingdom principles. Every time you live in worry, you're not operating in kingdom principles. You're not going forward. You're going backwards. And if you're going to worry and fret and be anxious or jealous or walk in strife or any of these things like this, so then what's going to happen is the kingdom's not going to be growing in you and it's supposed to grow to a place that you're a blessing for others. That other birds can come and rest on your branches. Hello? That you got some strong branches in life and people are blessed when they get around you and everything is, you know, people want to be around you, not avoid you. Oh my gosh, there she is. It's got to be growing. So now you're going to say, Pastor, you sound like a broken record. I'm going to show you three ways you can make the kingdom grow with you, grow in you. Hello? It's going to be an easy one. Hebrews 4.12. First thing you got to understand is the word of God is living. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. This Bible you hold in your hand is not to be read once. It's to never leave your eyes. And I've heard so many lame excuses. Well, I I don't have time to read. I, I get sleepy when I read. You know what the difference is? Men, I'll talk to y'all because I don't want the women mad at me today. (laughs) Yeah, you'll go read Field and Stream, Guns and Ammo, find out about the new gun coming out. You'll spend 20 minutes reading what it is and who who made this. Hello? (laughs) Hey, did you read the one the other day? Glock came out with, I mean, uh, Kimber came out with a new pistol that's polymer frame. I want to see hands raised to see who read that article. There's at least one. Frank's scratching the back of his neck up here. He don't want to admit it. 
<laughs> he dodging. He dodging. My point is, is even I took time to read the article because I thought it was curious. All right. My point is you do read. But see, you don't think any, anything about because the kingdom of God's not your treasure. Mm, mm, mm. Because if the kingdom of God was your treasure, then this is where you'd be looking to see how the kingdom's operating because this is where you'd find your treasure. This is where your happiness is. This is what fixes your marriage. This is what changes your world. This right here. Because it's a living word. It's not, it's not a dead word. It may be sold on the, the, the shelf of Walmart, but, but that doesn't mean it's just a, an, a book that's of no value. It's the greatest treasure in the world. The greatest treasure is sitting right there on the shelves of Walmart. But nobody knows to pick it up and read it. That it's a living word. It has the ability to leap out and touch your heart. So you say, well, yeah, I heard this, Pastor. I know you did this. But then what have you done? Did you follow the, the plan this, this year? Or you got about the end of it and read the New Testament all the way through? Glory for to God. Way to go, folks. But what are you going to do next year? You read it? So you're just going to quit? I mean, I may come up with, you know, 15 chapters a day. I don't know what I want to do yet. But I just know we've got to be stretched. We've got to keep growing. Okay? So the Word of God, the living Word. Listen. The Word of God is the gateway to the kingdom. If the word's not in your life, you're not going to be walking in the gateway of the kingdom. You're not going to be walking to the principles of the kingdom because the word is the gateway. You said, Pastor, I've read the stories. I know. I know about Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. I got that nursery rhyme down a long time ago. If that's all you got, folks, you're not walking in the kingdom. You can't understand the kingdom. You can't. Fathom the kingdom. You have to be reading the word like a, like a chicken scratching for. As your treasure, you're digging a hole. You found a gold vein and you're not going to quit. You're going to chip it out no matter what. That's you. Okay. Okay. So the second thing is Psalms 1. I, I know Dr. Brown was preaching this Wednesday and I'm not going to go over too much of it because I don't want to go listen to his message. But simply this, Psalms 1, let me just read it, 1 through 3. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law of the Lord does he meditate day and night. Listen to me, meditating. You say, oh, it's that Eastern stuff. We don't do that stuff. Let me just throw this out to you, okay? How much do you think about the Word? How much do you think about Jesus? How much do you think about the kingdom? How much do you dwell on it? How many conversations do you have in a day with Jesus about what is going on? How much do you sit around and talk and say, Lord, I was just wondering. You know, you sit over there that the man in Psalms 1, everything he puts his hand to is going to prosper. So how does that work in my life and me putting my hands to this? Is that going to make me prosper? That's meditating. You don't have to sit there with your legs crossed and your eyes closed. Say, hum, <laughs> to be meditating. You got to be going over it, eat over and over and over like a chow, cow chewing her cud. Hello? Since we're country people, we don't get the crossed legs and the, the humming, but you know what a cow chewing her cud looks like. Just standing there, you're just chewing. Chewing on the word. Okay? It causes the kingdom to come alive on the inside of you. 
So you have to meditate. And then the third thing, Mark eleven twenty two. Mark eleven twenty two. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whatever, whoever says that this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. The third thing about getting the, allowing the kingdom to grow on the inside of you, first is you've got to have the living word, then you've got to meditate on it, and then you've got to speak it. I had a situation this week. I was, I was out hunting on a large ranch and, and I'm sitting there and it is out in West Texas and it was, you know, there's nothing around us. And I was sitting there and I was just, it was so quiet. I was having trouble my, with my hearing my heart running through my ears. Because it was like silence. And so I'm sitting there and I start laughing. Because it's so quiet. I mean, it's so quiet. There's nothing, nothing. There's no bird chirping. There's no sound. There's no anything. I had my phone with me. So I thought, man, this is a great opportunity. I can't hear anything. There's no sound out here. I don't even see any deer. So I went over here, and I got my scriptures out. And I went down to this one. But I could have my glasses to see it. Nope, wasn't that one. Just hold on. I started, I started it, was, it almost felt weird. Because, you know, when you're, when you're hunting, you're supposed to be quiet. But I had enough being quiet. <laughs> and so I started speaking out. Psalms 48, 14. God is on, God, for this God is our God forever and ever, and he will be a, my guide even until the end. Thank you, Lord, you're my guide, my hunting guide today. <laughs> and it just goes out. Whoa. I mean, sound waves went out of my mouth. Are you with me? They went out of my mouth over this place that was so quiet. And I'm like, I'm creating God's word is launching out of my mouth. It's just going out there, you know. Then I went on Psalms 118.6. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. And I just started going through these scriptures. Just started going over and over and over and over. And I just spoke them out. Now, you, you're probably going to say, and a great big buck came out, Robert. And you shut him. No, nothing happened to me. I had fun. I shook the valleys with the word of God. Because, folks, you got to learn to start speaking the word of God over your life. you got to start speaking the word of God over your families. You need to start speaking the word of God over your children, speaking the word of God over your situation, speaking the word of God, because that's the way the principle of the kingdom of God works. Jesus said right there in, in Mark 11, if you'll say into the mountains, the mountains will move. But you got to say something to the mountains. And you're not like, oh, would you please go away? No, what you're saying to the mountain is the word of God says, be removed and cast into the sea. The word of God says, God is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. That's what you're saying to the situation, to the things, the problems, the situations that go on in life. What are you saying over your spouses? Sorry, Zucker, just want to come home, get something else to eat. Are you saying No. There is the man of God who walks, who God is blessed, who blesses me and all that his hands touch. What are you saying? If I ever become president, <clears throat> the first thing I'll do is stop commercials on television. Radio, there can't be commercials. They got to get, get money someplace else that can't work. 
Because I hate commercials because commercials are always saying something to me to try to get me to do something. Hello? You're hungry. Pizza commercial. Right? Whatever it's doing. I love the only one I do like now because it's such a big lie is the pill, the one pill. Finally got it, came out with it, doc. One pill, take it, melts fat off at night. Shows this big pan of fat and they throw this stuff over and it melts it. Just take it, one pill at night. Just fat. I mean, you fat, next morning, <laughs> it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. But I'm tempted to order it. Right there, I got me sold on it. They commercial that. Really, man, she can get in that. She, look at them size, them britches there, man. You get it. Look at her now. And it just makes you think. Just take a pill. It shows it fizzing like a like a alka seltzer, like dissolving, fizzing up in there. So I bet it don't even taste bad. Have y'all seen this commercial? Have y'all seen this thing? Oh yeah, it comes up all the time on my stupid feed. It's always out there. Got these two pans of fat. Throw this stuff on top of the fat. And it makes it dissolve and go away. Here, where'd you get? It's a lie. Okay? But my point is, it's always words coming at you. Well, you got to get words on your side of faith going at them. You got to have your own commercials. Here is a man who got delivered by God. <laughs> I was in trouble and now I'm free. <laughs> You got to get words working on your your side. You got to get commercials going for you. You got to get the, the the impactful word going out into your life. And the only way it's going to happen is it comes out of your mouth. And not some quiet little timid thing you're scared of, because if you believe it's true, then let it rip. But the word's got to be working. And when it starts flowing out of you, then the kingdom of God starts growing on the inside of you. And then one thing starts affecting the next thing, which starts affecting the next thing, which starts affecting the next thing in your life. And before long, you start to see the kingdom of God advancing and growing in your life. And what amazes me is sometimes we're so hard headed because we will go and do everything in the world to try to get around sitting down and being quiet with Jesus. Oh, I'll listen to a tape. Oh, I'll go to camp meeting. Oh, I'll... Uh, you know, watch TV program. I'll do this now. No, it's just like you're avoiding sitting down and being quiet with him. And I'm telling you, it's the greatest thing in the world. I love the word of God. I love to read the word of God. I have read my Bible so many times. I don't know how many times. I, I, I don't know how many times I've read my Bible. I've read it and read it. I wore them out, tore them up. This one right here, I've got everything off of it and it's all sticky now. <laughs> The cover is going something. It makes it easy to turn the outside cover, but it's all like got glue sticky on here. But it doesn't make any difference. I just wear it out, get another one. I've heard people say, well, I don't like to get rid of my Bible. You know, I marked it. Well, hey, maybe you need to lose your marks and go put some new ones in there. Hello? My point is, church, it's got to be growing. The kingdom has to be growing. So put your Bibles up. And can I have my prayer team, pastoral team come down this morning? Because I want to have communion right now. And I want you to. I pray you're under conviction. I pray you're miserable right now. I pray you don't want to look at me. Because we've got to be convicted in life in order to, to walk in victory. Okay? And so I just ask you right now to just ask the Holy Spirit. Where maybe you've fallen short on letting the kingdom of God grow on the inside of you. 
And that's probably what you need to bring up here when you come to take communion. And just simply repent like the prodigal son did. Repent and come to the Lord and just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Amen. Bible tells us that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, that he took bread and he blessed it and he gave it to the disciples and he said, now take and eat for this is my body, which is broken for you. So Lord, today, we just take your broken body and we thank you for it, Lord. That Lord, you made a way where there seemed to be no way. You went to the cross for us. You took the stripes upon your back so we could be healed. You brought about the glorious kingdom of God on the face of this earth. So Lord, today we just break this bread in thanks and remembrance of everything you did for us. In Jesus' mighty name. So take and eat, church. And then after that, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is a new covenant, not the old covenant, full of ordinances and, 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 and rules and all these things, but a new covenant poured out in my blood for the forgiveness of sin. No one should leave this building today. No one should turn this program off today and feel guilty. Because God made a way for us to repent, to turn to him and say, Lord, forgive me just like the prodigal son and then everything in the kingdom is restored to you so Lord we take this cup today and we drink it in remembrance of you and thank you for the forgiveness of our sins so take and drink now I'm going to serve these so they can help me serve y'all just get your hearts ready to receive this communion. <clears throat> 